Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. God has sent them through the school of experience. And there are some things that you only learn in the fiery trials of life. There are some things that you only learn when the disappointments of life and the problems of life and all the decisions that you have to make. And they have something to pass on to you. So so listen to their counsel. Listen to their advice. Honoring our parents and more broadly our elders is something we're called to do by God. And like many things we're called to do by God, this isn't always easy. Pastor Ed today gives us wise counsel as to why our elders deserve our attention and ultimately our respect. One reason is that they've been through more life than we have. Their experiences have formed them into the people that they are. And by heeding their advice, we too can be shaped and potentially avoid making similar mistakes. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 12, with his continuing study entitled, The Fifth Commandment. I like what one author said, the transfer of doctrine, the structure and fabric of truth, this must be taught, for it will not be received by the child through osmosis. You come to church not just to have a good feeling, not just to be somehow entertained. No, you come to learn about God, to know about His Word, to understand His ways. Now, this is implying that parents are to live honorable lives, but it's also implying that children are to have reasonable expectations. Children ought to be reasonable. In Leviticus 19.3, it says, Each of you must show great respect. Notice that, great respect. You could circle that in your Bible. Uh, For your mother and father. Well, you say, Pastor, I don't know if my parents deserve respect. Well, let's go back into the context of the Scripture. These commandments were spoken at Mount Sinai. And when they were spoken at Mount Sinai, it was spoken to a generation of rebellious people. A whole generation of parents who would die in the desert and never enter the promised land. They wouldn't believe the report of Joshua and Caleb. And because of their unbelief, their graves were in the desert. And so they were not ideal parents. Do you know there are no such thing as perfect parents there's also no such thing as perfect children Uh, when you think about it it's it's a travesty how we somehow have pulled down the respect that was once given to older people you go sometimes to uh, a counselor, or you go sometimes to some, someone who's going to counsel, and all of a sudden they blame everything on your family of origin. Well, it's all your mother's fault, all your father's fault. And so we play the blame game. Well, bring mom and dad in. Mom and dad come in, and they sit down, and they said, listen, you should have been raised in the home I was raised in. 
So if they could go to the cemetery and resurrect their parents, their parents would come into the room and sit down and say, wait a minute. You should have been in the home that we were in. Take it to its logical conclusion and you can bring Adam and Eve in, out of the garden. Adam, look at the mess. It was a woman God gave me. (laughs) We can't keep on passing the buck. We can't keep on blaming previous generations. Yes, we are impacted negatively or positively by things that happen in our homes. But there are no perfect parents and there are no perfect children. We need to be reasonable. I like what was written in this book by Beth Jones called Jesus Life Coach. Uh, Listen to what she says, the observation she makes about our culture. With Jesus as your life coach, you will honor your ancestors. I was shocked when I read that our Western culture is the only one that blames rather than honors our ancestors. It's become regular to blame our illnesses, our psychosis on our poor, pitiful parents who either ignored or cuddled us, pushed or delayed us, gave us bad examples, abandoned or overprotected us. This culture has driven us away from honoring those who loved and raised us. Our narcissistic self-involvement has also caused us to actually blame our ancestors for all they didn't do for us. Freud did a disservice to humanity when he laid a foundation that basically blames everything on mom. Well, wouldn't it be better to thank God for our parents? To thank God for them? They did maybe the best they could. I was looking at a prayer. This prayer is a prayer to God. It says, Dear Lord, you created me from a multitude of possible DNA strands. Thank you. And thank you for choosing perfect ancestors for me. Those who can show me what I need to learn in this life so that I might serve you more. Your parents have given you some good things. Think about those things. Don't dwell on the negative There's a poem I came across that I really like. Listen to it. You are who you are for a reason. You're part of an intricate plan. You are precious, perfect, unique design, called God's special woman or man. You look like you look for a reason. Our God made no mistake. He knit you together within the womb. You're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had are the ones he chose. No matter how you may feel, you are custom designed with that plan in mind. They bear the master's seal. The trauma you faced wasn't easy, and God wept that it hurt you so. But it was allowed to shape your heart so that into his likeness you'd grow. You are who you are for a reason. You've been formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved. Because there is a God. God was involved in your family of origin. God was involved in the family that you came into. His sovereignty, His choice. We must recognize that every family 
falls short of the glory of God. In Romans 3, 23, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. There's a book that was written. It's called, I'm Dysfunctional, You're Dysfunctional. We're all dysfunctional. (laughs) We all have feet of clay. We all falter and fail. That's part of the human race. That's part of sin's reign. But we're all accountable. In Romans 14, 12, it says, So then each of us will be accountable to God. And the New Living Translation says, Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. You can't pass the buck and say, It was granddad's fault. No. We're responsible. And so there is an implication that parents... You have a responsibility because you do shape and influence your children. You must live honorably. Children, you have a responsibility. You must be reasonable. You have imperfect parents. But guess what? You're imperfect as well. Now, there's another truth here. There's an application of this fifth commandment. How do we apply it to our lives? It says, honor your father and your mother. I think you can look at the various stages of life. In our youth, in our childhood, it says in Ephesians 6.1, Children, obey your parents. Now notice this, in the Lord. For this is right. In Ezekiel, God looks back to the children of Israel as they're going through the wilderness journey. And he says to the children, you should not have obeyed your parents because they were leading you in the wrong direction. They were worshiping idols and false gods. We are to obey their instruction, but if it contradicts with God's word, if it contradicts God's truth, we must obey God rather than men. But don't discard their counsel. Don't discard what they have to say to you. To our teenagers, do you know more now than you did at eight years old? Do you? Will you know more 20, 25 years from now than you know today? Well, that's how much of a head start your parents have on you. (laughs) Parents like that. God has sent them through the school of experience. And there are some things that you only learn in the fiery trials of life. There are some things that you only learn when the disappointments of life and the problems of life and all the decisions that you have to make. And they have something to pass on to you. So so listen to their counsel. Listen to their advice. I think about young adults. You know, as you grow older, you notice the kinks in the armor, the imperfections in your parents. In Deuteronomy 26, it says, though, be grateful for the good things that the Lord your God has given you and your family. We need to show them acceptance and appreciation. Acceptance and appreciation. That's a wonderful thing to let a parent know that you've accepted them. Acceptance means that you're willing to forgive them. You need forgiveness, they need forgiveness. To be able to simply say, where you failed, I forgive. That's what acceptance is. You accept them for who they are. 
showing appreciation. To be able once in a while to say thank you. I heard about a church family. They were doing church portraits for um, a church directory. And so the father came in and he had all of his family surrounding him. And he asked the photographer to stop. He said, listen, I want this to be very realistic. I want the picture to really portray what our family is like. So he called his sons around him, and he said, I want you to put your hands in my pocket. (laughs) Well, sometimes children think (laughs) dad and mom are a free ride. (laughs) But, you know, to once in a while say thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've given. Do you know how much it costs to raise children? In time, in money, in finances? I mean, think of all the cruises your parents could have gone on if they didn't have to pay for all the things that they do. So show them appreciation. In Proverbs 23, 22, it says this. Listen to your father who gave you life. There's something that your parents gave you that no one else could have ever given you. They gave you life. And appreciate your mom. Show her uh, appreciation. You say, well, I didn't choose my parents. Well, they didn't choose you either. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you were there. (laughs) Acceptance means that uh, you're going to accept them and You're going to demonstrate that to them. Then older adults. I chose provision and protection. In 1 Timothy 5.8 it says this, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Uh, I'm grateful for parents that don't forget their older parents. When they're in their 70s and they're in their 80s, to see that person, even though they're in that sandwich generation thinking about their children, they're also thinking about their parents. Maybe a phone call, maybe a card, maybe even once in a while sending some money if they need it. Being able to just reach out and care for them. To be able to listen to them. Because in our culture, we have slowly, slowly moved away from valuing them and and treating the elders with respect. And in doing that, we lose something. In our modern day of technology, it's everything new that we embrace. And there's a lot of good things that are in the new. But there's a lot of good things that are in the past. And if we're going to go forward, we have to build on the past. There's a lot of experience and wisdom and values. So the ability... To honor our parents. And lastly, the enunciation of the fifth commandment. It is an announcement of a blessing. Listen to verse 12 again. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. This passage of scripture is the only one of the ten commandments that includes a promise. The only one. That God says, if you keep this one, here's a promise to you. In the New Testament, Paul reiterates that promise. 
In Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about our destiny being tied up with honoring our fathers and mother. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it may go well with you. That it may go well with you. You know what happens when we dishonor our parents? We repeat their mistakes. When you dishonor your parents and you're so angry with them, you wind up saying, I am so angry. They make me mad. Listen to what you just said. I'm so angry. They make me mad. They make me. They make me. That anger is going to make you, form you. And those resentments are going to influence and impact and direct your steps. It's going to be your destiny. So many times people have trouble in marriage simply because they haven't dealt with the problems of their family of origin. And if we fail to honor them and respect them, we're going to impact our destiny. I I remember someone once came to me and they said, you know this generation? You have to earn their respect. And I know that was going around. And I thought about that. Imagine that. So they'd really have to get to know me before they'll respect me. Well, it's going to take a long time for them to get to know me. They're going to have to see me in trials. They're going to have to see me in tribulation. They're going to have to see me make decisions. They're going to have to spend time with me. And if that's the way they're going to govern their life, they will never respect authority. God said right in his word, you may have imperfect parents, but you honor them. You respect them. Now, honor means that you treat them with Respect. You count them as weighty. That's the idea in the Hebrew language. Uh, You give weight to what they say. And you treat them in a way that honors God. I know that there are children here that have been deeply wounded and hurt, adults, by a parental figure in their life. And that, that happens. But I'm so thankful that we have a heavenly father who says, I've engraven you on the palm of my hands. Though a mother can forget her children, I'll never forget you. God in his word tells us that he is the perfect parent and we give respect to our parents because we are honoring our heavenly father. This idea of destiny is determined in the home by the way I learn to honor authority. If you don't learn to honor authority, you're going to go through life hitting walls, hitting walls, hitting walls, hitting walls, and going to land flat on your face. God understood human relationships, and the home is sort of that place where a person is prepared and ready to launch out to face all of the problems and situations of life. Our longevity, our longevity, not only our destiny, but our longevity in that verse, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. God promises a blessing to those who honor their parents. That's not saying that everyone who honors their parents is going to live a long life, but as a general rule. I I like the way Joy Davidson described it in her book, Smoke on the Mountain. She takes a nursery rhyme and retells the nursery rhyme. She talks about a modern woman 
And in this nursery rhyme, what she does is she pictures this older man in the house. He's the father-in-law. And he's beginning to tremble with his hands. And he, he can't hold his hands still. And he's at the table. And so the food spills out and falls on the placemat. And she gets angry. So she takes her father-in-law and she puts him on one side of the kitchen and on a stool and with a little bit of a table and there's a wooden ball and they're eating over there and he looks wistfully over at the table as the family eats together and then he spills the bowl on the floor and she says you want to be a pig then you'll live like a pig and she makes a trot and puts it on the floor and lets him eat off the floor And then one day, their little son, the four-year-old, the delight of their heart, is playing. And he has some wood. And daddy and mommy go up and say, what are you doing? And with a gleam in his eye, he looks up at his mother and father. He said, I'm playing house. I'm preparing for when you get old. I'm making a trot for you. What this is saying is that how we honor our parents comes back. What goes around comes around, as a colloquialism says. Let me read to you the words of Patrick Miller. For only as the sequence of generations lives by this commandment can each father and mother count on the promise the son or daughter who honors becomes the father or mother who is honored. Honor your parents. They aren't perfect, but they were the parents that God chose for you. Today, maybe a phone call, maybe a letter, maybe an expression of appreciation, maybe a thank you. I listened to a preacher and he was talking about funerals. And one day he went and had a funeral. George Garner was his name. He had a funeral service and he said, I was amazed by all of the flowers. I had never seen such an array of flowers from the floor to the top of the ceiling. It was literally thousands of dollars that were spent. And he asked the funeral director as they were concluding the service and as he was taking the casket out to the car, he said, Boy, this is really an impressive spray of flowers. And the funeral director said to him, it was given by her son. He hadn't seen her in 20 years. He said, oh, I wish she could have smelled these flowers, at least one of them, a year ago. Don't wait till you could no longer pick up a telephone. Don't wait till you no longer could send a card. Don't wait till you could no longer give a hug. I want to read to you a Celtic blessing. And every child, you bless your parents. The mother who held me in her breast, the father who fed me with his toil, may blessings be on them from the King of Grace, outnumbering all the blades of grass, the grains of sand, and the drops of dew. And when their labor is done, may they receive his joy and rest. 
Ten Commandments are truly an epic part of the Bible. Hollywood has forever immortalized this section of the scripture in a movie starring Charlton Heston. While we know that we can't keep these commandments in order to gain entrance into heaven, what is our relationship to them? Pastor Ed will tackle this question and many others as he teaches through this 10-part series entitled The Ten Commandments. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 845- 462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.